Welcome to A Reason to Talk with Chris Reason, and this is the first episode where we talk about crime, murder, or even horror stories. Today we're going to going to the past and discussing the vampire of Dusseldorf, Peter Curtin. I'm joined today by my special guests, Chad and Bryce Nickerson. Hello. Pleasure to be here. And thank you guys for being on today's episode. I just want to mention that before we get started in today's show that listener discretion is advised. There's some explicit content that we'll be talking about today. All right. <laughs> Unnecessary, but okay. Um, and now let's get into today's sponsor. Without them, I wouldn't be able to make these episodes. Do you, do you need that boost of energy? Are you going to the gym, trying to wake up for work, or even trying to listen to these podcasts about horrors? Uh, whatever. Well, I have your answer. That's W Energy. Get your Judalist fix of energy boost, the Galaxy Grenade, and multiple other flavors. Use the promo code CRN10 to get 10% off your order today. Visit w.gg slash discount slash CRN10. That's D-U-B-B-Y dot G-G slash discount slash CRN10. Is there like a WWW in front of that? Or is it just override every, uh... What, what are you signaling towards me? <laughs> talk a little louder. Talk, still talk louder? I'm like yelling into this microphone. Because for some reason you guys can't talk into microphones. And this is the real horror of the podcast. Literally, I, I can guarantee enough. you I can talk into it fine. It'll pick up better. Okay, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yeah. Can you hear me now? You just want me to put my mouth You literally like started talking. What if I hold, if I hold really? it up? It probably will it'll work better because it's like literally flat against Everybody, all three people turned into this. I've already turned off. Just because it's so bad. <laughs> anyway, it's check, check. Um, Today's history lesson is on the vampire of Dusseldorf, or the Dusseldorf monster, Peter Curtin. Born May 1883 in Mulheim am Rhein, Germany, Curtin had 9-plus murder victims and 31-plus attempted murders. Convicted also of arson, attempted robbery, breaking and entering, uh, burglary, seduction, theft, and threatening behavior. Known as the vampire of Dusseldorf because he made attempts to drink the blood of his victims' wounds, and the majority of his murders were in Dusseldorf. Have you guys heard of this person before? No. Um, I heard about it because you told me you were doing a podcast on it. <laughs> besides, oh, yeah, never mind. besides yes. me telling you guys about it, but have you... No, I've never heard about no. it before. Um, no. If you guys... Uh, okay. Well, I'll tell you more about him here. He was born... Oh, in, thank God. <laughs> fuck off. He was born into a poverty-stricken, abusive family in Moham Amrine. The oldest of 13 children. Can't even imagine having that many kids, to be honest with you. Ouch. Uh, <laughs> that is fucking out. Especially in this day and age, no everyday family has that many kids, possibly four or five at most. Curtin's parents were both alcoholics who lo- lived in a one-bedroom apartment. Just thinking about so breast. Both alcoholics? Both alcoholics. Wonder I had so many kids. 13 kids living in a fucking one-bedroom apartment. Wow. Um, that's Bryce right now. Um... 13 kids. It happens a lot in Europe, actually. It's not like over here. Yeah, they didn't invent condoms until a lot later, like 2006. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now, your, your first part of that was right about a lot later, but not 2006. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just read the facts. It says it right there on your computer screen. <laughs> no, it doesn't, but okay. Um, he grew up into uh, frequently, uh, his father, Curtin's father, frequently beating his children into the wife. Um, so you have spousal abuse and child abuse taken to the trauma that probably started with uh, Peter Curtin uh, in that sense. Uh, also with the facts that uh, both of them being intoxicated. And then one of the times while Curtin's father was intoxicated, he forced his wife and children to assemble before him before ordering his wife to strip naked and engage in intercourse with him as his children watched. 
It's sexual abuse, too. Well, pretty much. It's abuse anywhere. It's sexual harassment, sexual abuse, whatever you want to call it. Adultery, even though it's technically not adultery. No, that would be wrong. Um, Curtin's father was jailed for 18 months in 1897 for repeatedly raping his eldest daughter, who was age 13. Shortly thereafter, Curtin's mother obtained a separation order and later remarried and relocated to Dusseldorf. Um, this was all... Yeah, something right yeah before... You know what? This guy seems like a real jerk. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of does. Yeah. Um, well, I find it weird, though, that like there's a, a thing with the separation order in the 1897 or um, in the late 1800s, whatever. Uh, one being the fact that divorce wasn't even legal in the States or in Europe at any time around that time. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was kind of confused when I had to look up separation orders. Um, yeah, that's weird. But I guess it worked. Um, later, she remarried um, after that. In 1888, Curtin attempted to drown one of his playmates. Four years later, he befriended a local dog catcher who uh, lived in the same building as his family and began accompanying him on his rounds. The individual, uh, this individual often tortured and killed the animals he caught, and Curtin soon became an active and willing participant in, in torturing the animals. These incidents with him attempting to drown a playmate and of uh, his torturing animals are clear signs of something that is really fucked up and probably later on led to him murdering and doing all the stupid shit. Yikes. Uh, I don't know if there's a mental uh, illness called where he finds himself and he's enjoying these things or what, but Curtin was the eldest yeah, of fucking son. Autism. <laughs> fucking retard. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you fucking dumbass here. <laughs> you fucking dumbass. Uh, Curtin was the eldest surviving son of his family. He was often the target of his father's physical abuse and frequently refused to return home from school as a result. From an early age, Curtin often ran away from home for periods of time, ranging from days to weeks. Much of the time he spent on the streets was in company of petty criminals and social misfits. Via these acquaintances, Curtin was introduced to various forms of petty crime, which he initially committed as a means of feeding and clothing himself when living on the streets. So, even with the small crimes, too, it's like, I guess you could say a gateway crime into him doing all the fucked up shit that he later on does. Yep. Um... Later on, uh, his first murders, as he claimed uh, in his confessions that were after uh, being caught and everything, he were committed at the age of nine. Um, he pushed a school friend who he knew was unable to swim off a log raft. When a second boy attempted to save the drowning child, Curtin held his boy, the other boy's head underwater in order that both boys drowned. Both deaths were ruled by authorities by being accidental. That's how you know that the law enforcement in the late 1800s didn't give a rat's ass into looking into things. Granted, also, it's the fucking late 1800s, so I don't know how the fuck they would <laughs> even look shit up or figure shit out on that. Good point, good point. Is, is there CSI anywhere around? Oh, that would be an awesome show. Um, CSI. 1800s. Doodledorf or wherever the hell we are. Dumbledore. <laughs> I was waiting for a Dumbledore reference. <laughs> Dusseldorf. Um, at the age of 13, Curtin formed a relationship with a girl his age, and although she allowed Curtin to undress and fondle her, she would resist right. any attempt. Where are they getting this information from? <laughs> Is there photos? Yeah. No, it's old uh, written stuff and uh, convictions and other uh, acts of police reports. No, I just have picture evidence of what Peter Curtin looks like. She would resist any attempts he made to engage in intercourse, though. To relieve his sexual urges, Curtin resorted to acts of bestiality, 
with the sheep, pigs, and goats in local stables, but later claimed he obtained his greatest sense of ejaculation if he actually stabbed these animals just before his achieving orgasm. He also attempted to rape the same sister his father had earlier molested. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was in the family. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's how it is. So that's how you know they're both fucked up, and he's getting the same ideas. You're basically describing what I did yesterday afternoon. <laughs> I can see that uh, with a sheep. <laughs> oh god, this is good. this is stupid. In 1897, Curtin left school at his father's instance. Uh, he obtained employment as an apprentice molder. This apprenticeship lasted for two years before Curtin stole all the money he could find in his household, plus approximately 300 marks, or like uh, the equivalent, I don't know what the equivalent is here, but $300 pretty much, from his employer and ran away from home. He relocated to Koblenz, uh, I'm sorry if I butchered that, where he began a brief relationship with a prostitute two years his senior, who he claimed willingly submitted to every form of sexual perversion he demanded of her. He was, uh, there goes the fucking sexual relief of prostitution. No, all the sheep are safe, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was apprehended just four weeks later and charged with both breaking and entering and theft, and subsequently sentenced to one month's imprisonment. He was released from prison in August 1899 and reverted to the life of petty crime he had lived before his arrest. So he was born in 1883, so that means he was, uh, what, 16 at the time? For being in prison for the first time? Something um, like that. I don't like math. I didn't bring my protractor to do that math equation. I got the abacus. Okay. This guy, <laughs> this guy was extremely fucked up, as you can tell. He claimed to have committed his first murder November 1899, not including the ones that he admitted at nine, as his first actual murder. Um, in his 1930 confessions to investigators, Curtin claimed to have picked up an 18-year-old girl at the Alastras and persuaded her to accompany him to the Haas Garden. So it's like a club or something like that. Um, there he claimed to have engaged in sex with the girl before strangling her into unconsciousness with his bare hands before leaving the scene, believing her to be dead. No records exist to corroborate Curtin's claims. If this attack did take place, the victim likely survived the assault. Nonetheless, Curtin later stated that via his committing this act, he had proven to himself that the greatest heights of sexual ecstasy could only be achieved in this manner. So pretty much he could only get off by stabbing or strangling somebody. Or finding sheep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first convictions. In 1900, Curtin was arrested for fraud. He would be rearrested re uh, later that same year on the same charge, although on the second occasion charges pertaining to his 1899 Dusseldorf theft plus the attempted murder of a girl with a firearm were added to the uh, indictment. I can't talk anymore. Indictment. Thank you. Consequent <laughs> Consequently, Curtin was sentenced to four years imprisonment in October 1900. Uh, he served this sentence in Derendorf, uh, borough of Dusseldorf, or Dumbledore. <laughs> uh, released in the summer of 1904, he was drafted in the Imperial German Army. He was deployed to the city of Metz, in Lorraine, to serve in the 90th Infantry Regiment, although he soon deserted. The, that autumn, Curtin began committing acts of arson, which he would discreetly watch from distance as emergency services attempted to extinguish the fires. So he pretty much would be still there after committing all these fires. Probably looking for sheep. <laughs> that joke's getting old already. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Curtin would later admit to the police that he had committed around 24 acts of arson when get when he got arrested later that New Year's Eve. Uh, he also freely admitted that these fires had been committed both for his sexual excitement, of course, <laughs> And in the hope of burning sleeping tramps alive. Wow. 
fucking nice guy. Nice guy. As a result of his desertion, Curtin was tried by the military court and convicted of deserting in addition to multiple counts of arson, robbery, and attempted robbery. He was subsequently imprisoned from 1905 to 1913. So a lot of this time, he's fucking in prison. Uh... He's fucking in prison, alright. He probably is. He's probably fucking sheep in prison. <laughs> the first murder Curtin definitively committed occurred on the um, 25th of May, 1913, during the course of a burglary at a tavern in Wilhelm um, Rhine. He encountered a nine-year-old girl named Christine Klein asleep in her bed. Curtin strangled the child, then slashed her twice across the throat with a pocket knife, ejaculating as he heard the blood dripping from her wounds. Onto the floor by her bed and on his hand. I told you this was fucked up. I can see your face over there. I should have recorded this video. <laughs> uh, it's really fucked up. It's uh, like, holy shit. Uh, the following day, Curtin specifically returned to Cone to drink in a tavern located directly opposite that in which he had murdered Klein in order that he could listen to the locals' reactions to the child's murder. So he literally went back just to hear people say shit and how disgusted they were about what the fuck he just did. He later recollected to investigators that he derived an extreme sense of gratification from the general disgust, repulsion, and outrage he had heard in the patrons' con uh, conversations. Moreover, in the weeks following Klein's funeral, Curtin occasionally traveled to Molam Rhine to visit the child's grave, adding that when he handled the soil covered the grave, he spontaneously ejaculated. <laughs> There's a lot of fucking ejaculation wow. in this. There really is. <laughs> I can't wait for the Netflix special. <laughs> <laughs> there probably is one already. I was trying to see if there's any books and movies. There's not. There's some older movies, but nothing that we could probably find now. I know why you wanted to do a podcast because of all the ejaculations. <laughs> well, I would have put it on Pornhub, but I guess not. Um, two, <laughs> two months later, again in the course of committing a burglary with an aid of a skeleton key, Curtin broke into a home in Dusseldorf, discovering a 17-year-old girl named Gertrude Franken asleep in her bed. Curtin manually strangled the girl, ejaculating at the sight of blood spouting from her mouth before <laughs> leaving the crime scene. <laughs> You're laughing over me saying ejaculating. Oh, it's hilarious. Time there's just blood splatter. He gets fucking like, off. Just this like, guy. It's like this, making a sperm cocktail. Or something. This guy is fucked up. He's it's making like, a sperm whale. Every time there's just blood splattering, you know there's going to be ejaculating. <laughs> That's why I'm laughing that you're laughing at it because you're like expecting it and it's wow. so funny. But it's not funny. It's really fucked up. Uh. Curtin managed to escape from the scene of this attempted murder and the earlier uh, murder of Klein undetected. Just days after the attempted murder of Franken, on July 14th, Curtin was arrested for a series of arson attacks and burglaries. He was sentenced to six years imprisonment, although his repeated instances of insubordination while imprisoned saw his incarceration extended by a further two years. Curtin served his sentence in military prison in the town of Brig. Brig? Sorry, I don't know. Uh, released in April 1921, Curtin relocated to Ellettenburg, where he initially lived with his sister. He became acquainted with a woman three years his senior named August Scharf through his sister, uh, sweet, shop, uh, sweet shop proprietor and former prostitute, again, who had previously been convicted of shooting her fiancé to death. To death? Wow. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and to whom Curtin initially posed as a former prisoner of war. Two years later, Curtin and Sharp married, and although the couple regularly engaged in sex, Curtin later admitted he could con uh, could cons consummate them, his marriage only by fantasizing about committing violence against another individual. And that, after their wedding night, he engaged intercourse with his wife only at her invitation. 
For the first time in his life, Curtin obtained a regular employment as also becoming an active trades union official, although with the exception of his wife, he formed no close friendships. In 1925, he returned with Scharf to Dusseldorf, where he soon began affairs with a servant girl named uh, Tidy something, and a housemaid named Mech. Both women were frequently subjected to partial strangulation when they submitted to intercourse, with Tidy once being informed by Curtin that's what love means. Apparently you need to strangle someone to tell him what love means. When his wife discovered his infidelity, Tidy reported Curtin to the police, claiming he had seduced her. Mech alleged Curtin and had raped her. So pretty much they both lied after they found out about the affairs. The more serious charge was later dropped, although Tidy's allegations were pursued, thus earning Curtin an eight-month prison sentence for seduction and threatening behavior. Curtin served six months of this sentence, with his early release uh, being up upon the conditions he left Dusseldorf. He later successfully appealed the ruling that he relocated from the city. Relocated from the city. So pretty much, they're like, get the hell out of fucking Dusseldorf. Like, even though that's the guy's name, so you can guarantee he's going to be fucking back. <laughs> Can't get enough. On the, on the 3rd of February, 1929, Curtin stalked an elderly woman named Paulinia Kuhn. Waiting until Kuhn was shielded from the view of potential witnesses by bushes, Curtin pounced upon her, grabbing her by the lap- lapels of her coat and shouting the words, No row, don't scream, before dragging her into a nearby undergrowth where he proceeded to stab her 24 times with a sharpened pair of scissors. Although many of the blows were inf- uh, inflicted so deeply that the scissors struck her bones, Kuhn survived her injuries. Fucking Where's t- the ejaculation? Uh, she's not dead. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no ejaculation. She's not dead. On February 8th, Curtin strangled a nine-year-old girl named Rosa Oliger into unconsciousness before stabbing her in the stomach, temple, genitals, and heart with a pair of scissors, spontaneously ejaculating oh, he <laughs> as he knifed the child. Alright, we're back. We're back, baby. <laughs> uh, he then inserted his semen into her vagina with his fingers. Curtin then made rudimentary effort to hide Oliger's body by dragging it beneath a hedge before returning to the scene with a bottle of kerosene several hours later and setting the child's body alight, achieving an orgasm at the sight of the flames. Oliger's body was found beneath a hedge the following day. How did I get that information? Yeah. <laughs> this, this is all he literally uh, confessed at the point. He's making half his shit up. There's no way he can orgasm. Oh, fire? God, I orgasmed for that, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Blood, yeah, I'm orgasming. This is literally... Uh, see, I'm orgasming! I'm orgasming! <laughs> he, he literally confessed to this all of the convictions of uh, his trial at the end. So, the fucking... I don't know if he's making it up, but holy fuck, it's still pretty fucked up. There's also books and other shit written about him. But I do realize people died, so it's not all that funny, but... Ejaculation. Uh, <laughs> five days later, on February 13th, Curtin murdered a 45 year old mechanic named Rudolf Shear in the suburb. Holy shit, a guy. Is that a guy? The guy. In the suburb of Flinging Lord, stabbing him 20 times, particularly about the head, back, and eyes. Following the discovery of Shear's body, Curtin returned to the scene of the murder to converse with the police, falsely informing one detective he had heard about the murder via telephone. So pretty much, he, he literally went back to his own murder site, or crime scene, did to like tell him, oh yeah, I heard something too. Even though it, your fucking cops are talking to the murderer. So that's fucking yeah. ballsy right there. 
Despite the differences in age and sex of these three victims, the fact that all three crimes had been committed in the flinging district of Dusseldorf at dusk, that each victim had received a multitude of stab wounds likely inflicted in rapid succession and invariably involving at least one wound to the temple plus the absence of a common motive such as robbery led investigators to conclude that the same perpetrator had committed all three attacks. Furthermore, the seemingly random section of selection of these victims led criminologists to remark as the abnormal nature of the perpetrator. Ejaculation. Oh, God damn. So pretty much at first they were like, it might not be the same dude doing it, um, but they also think it is. So it's kind of weird. Although Curtin did attempt to strangle four women between March and July 1929, one of whom he claimed to have thrown into the Rhine River, he is not known to have killed any further victims until August 11th when he raped, strangled, and repeatedly stabbed a young woman named Maria Hahn. Curtin admitted Hahn had repeatedly pleaded with him to spare her life as, as he alternately strangled her stabbed her in the chest and head, or sat astride her body, uh, waiting for her, or also sat astride her body, waiting for her to die. Han died approximately one hour after Curtin had begun attacking her. Fearful his wife might connect the bloodstains uh, she had noted on his clothes with Han's murder, Curtin later buried her body in a cornfield, only to return her bo uh, body several weeks later with the intention of nailing her de decomposing remains to a tree and a mock crucifixion to shock and disgust the public. However, Hans' remains proved too heavy for Curtin to complete this act, and he simply returned her corpse to the grave before embracing and caressing the decomposing, decomposing body as he lay beneath her remains. Three months after Curtin had murdered Han, he posted an anonymous letter to the police in which he confessed to the murder, adding that her remains that had been buried in the field in this letter, Curtin also drew a crude map describing the location of the remains. This letter would prove sufficiently detailed to enable investigators to locate Hans' remains on November 15th. So he's also sending these damn letters to the police, not telling it's him, but telling it like who actually it is, and tell you, hey, I murdered this person, but not giving you the name. So it's anonymous letters. Um, pretty much he's... Standing in their face saying, hey, this is me, but nobody actually knows. Following the Han murder, uh, Curtin changed his choice of weapon from scissors to a knife in the apparent effort to convince police more than one perpetrator was responsible for the unfolding crime spree. In the early morning of August 21st, he randomly stabbed an 18-year-old girl, a 30-year-old man, and a 37-year-old woman in separate attacks. All three were seriously wounded and all stated that the uh, two police, their assailant, had not spoken a word to them before he had attacked them. There were many other attacks and murders that Curtin had done, later changing his weapon to a hammer. I left out some because this fucking thing I was writing would have been 27 pages long. Oh, um, but the late summer of 1929, the murders committed by the individual the press had dubbed the Vampire of Dusseldorf. Uh, were receiving considerable national and international attention due to the sheer savagery of the murders. The diverse background of the victims and the di differing methods in which they had been assaulted and or murdered, both the police and the press theorized the spate of assaults and murders were the work of more than one perpetrator. By the end of 1929, Dusseldorf police had received more than 13,000 letters from the public. With assistance from surrounding police forces, each, led with, each lead was painstakingly pursued. As a result of this collective investigation into the killings, more than 9,000 individuals were interviewed. 
2,650 other clues were painstakingly pursued, and a list of 900,000 different names were compiled upon an official potential successful list. Where the hell do you get 900,000 different names to be potential suspects? I mean, I... Phone book, maybe? They just fucking start going through a phone book. It might be this person, it might be this person, this person, and just listed off fucking everyone? Yes. Um... <laughs> May 23rd, 1930 Curtin confessed to his wife he was a vampire of Dusseldorf with Curtin's full consent he urged his wife to collect a substantial reward offered for his capture so he literally told his wife hey it was me, go get the money for the reward awesome uh, <laughs> August Curtin contacted the police uh, the following day, and the information provided to detectives and Curtin's wife explained that although she had no known her husband had been repeatedly imprisoned in the past, she was unaware of his culp uh, culpability in any murders. Mm -hmm. She then, um, I just lost my spot. She then added that her husband had confessed to her. Uh, confessed to her his, uh, his culpability in the Dusseldorf murders and that he was willingly to likewise confess to the police. Furthermore, he was to meet her outside St. Rocha's church later that day. That afternoon, Curtin was arrested at gunpoint. So he was arrested in May 23, 1930. Uh, Curtin freely admitted his guilt and all the crimes police had attributed to the vampire of Dusseldorf and further confessed he had committed the unsolved murder of Christine Klein and the attempted murder of Gertrude Franken in 1913. In total, Curtin admitted to 68 crimes, including 9 murders and 31 attempted murders. He made no attempt to excuse his crimes, but justified them upon the basis of what he saw was that uh, was as saw as the injustices he had endured throughout his life. Nonetheless, he was admitted to he had not tortured any of the children victims. Curtin also admitted to both investigators and psychiatrists that the actual sight of his victim's blood was on many occasions sufficient to bring him to orgasm. And that on occasion, if he experienced ejaculation in the act of strangling a woman, he would immediately become apologetic to his victim, proclaiming that's what love is all about. So pretty much, if he ejaculated, he would say, I'm sorry. <laughs> After murdering <laughs> people. Premature ejaculation, you mean? Pretty much. He further claimed to have drunk the blood from the throat of one victim from the temple of another, and to that have licked the blood from a third victim's hands. In the Han murder, he had drunk so much blood from the neck wound that he had vomited. Curtin also admitted to have decapitated a swan in the spring of 1930 in order that he could drink the blood from the animal's neck, achieving ejaculation in the process. Wow. Um, on April 13, 1931, uh, Peter Curtin stood trial in Dusseldorf. He was charged with nine counts of murder and seven attempted murders. He was tried before President Judge uh, Dr. Rose. Curtin pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity to each of these charges. Aside from delivery testimony, uh, delivering testimony, Curtin would spend the duration of his trial surrounded by a heavily guarded shoulder-high iron cage specifically constructed to protect him from attack by the enraged relatives of the victims, and his feet were shackled whenever he was inside the cage. Uh, the trial lasted 10 days. On April 22nd, the jury retired to consider their verdict. They deliberated for under two hours before reaching their verdict. Curtin was found guilty and sentenced to death on nine counts of murder. He was also found guilty of seven counts of attempted murder. Curtin displayed no emotion as the sentence was passed. Although in his final address to the court, he stated that he now saw his crimes as being so ghastly that he did not want to make any sort of excuse for them. On the evening of July 1st, 1931, Curtin received his last meal. He ordered wiener schnitzel, 
a bottle of white wine, and fried potatoes. Curtin devoured the entire meal before requesting a second helping. Prison staff decided to grant his request. At 6 o'clock on the morning of July 2nd, Peter Curtin was executed by Carl Gropler with a guillotine in the grounds of Klingelport's Klein prison, Cologne. He walked unassisted to the guillotine, flanked by the prison psychiatrist and a priest. Shortly before his head was placed on the guillotine, Curtin turned to the psychi uh, psychiatrist and asked the question, Tell me, after my head is chopped off, will I still be able to hear, at least for a moment, the sound of my own blood gushing from the stump of my neck? That would be the pleasure to end all pleasures. When asked uh, whether he had any last words to say, Curtin just simply smiled and replied, No. Uh, I wonder if he's going to try to ejaculate to the I was going to say, blood. take off my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Following Curtin's 1931 execution, his head was bi uh, bisected and mummified. The brain was removed and subject to forensic analysis in an attempt to explain his personality and behavior. The examinations of Curtin's brain revealed no abnorm uh, abnormalities. The autopsy conducted upon Curtin's body revealed that aside from his having an enlarged thymus gland, Curtin had not been suffering any uh, physical ab abnormality. The interviews Curtin granted to Dr. Carl Berg in 1930 and 1931 proved to be the first psych uh, psychological study conducted upon a sexual serial killer. These interviews also... Uh, formed the basis of Berg's book, The Sadist. Uh, this next part I'm going to tell you guys, and you're going to be laughing your ass off for preparing much, that you technically actually have seen um, something about this guy before, uh, mainly for the fact we are in Wisconsin. Shortly after the Second World War, Curtin's head was transported to the United States it is currently on display at Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Wisconsin, Dallas, Wisconsin. I don't believe that. What? You can use I was there. You can look it up. It's behind the, uh, uh, you get to go through that little fireplace part where you have to like, hit it in the back type of thing. I don't, I don't believe it. Wow. I don't, wow. Yeah, his head's, wow. I can't believe it. His actual head on display. No. <laughs> what the fuck? Um... That was a lot to talk about. I didn't know what we really had to discuss, but I just wanted to be one of the first things that we've talked about in a murder here. Um, hopefully, we're going to do more uh, podcasts here talking about murders and a whole bunch of other stuff. Any other things you guys would come up with and just see about ejaculating and everything? Yeah. Um, anytime you want to talk about ejaculation into a microphone at 11 well, p.m. at night. You probably have to give me a minute first. but Only a minute? <laughs> Only 20 seconds over here. <laughs> uh, for the first murder and crime story that we have done on an episode of Reason Talk, this surely was really some fucked up shit. Um, I don't know how we can top that for the next murder story episode. If you'd like to check out some more content, check out my YouTube channel, Chris Nugent Network, for videos with video games, music, movies, sketches, and more. Make sure to follow us on Spotify so you're notified when new episodes of the podcast air. Both episodes of A Reason to Talk with Chris Reason and videos on YouTube for the Chris Reason Network channel air every Wednesday and Saturday at noon. Um, I would like to thank my guests for joining me today in today's episode. Thank you. Thank you for being having me here. Bye. Rest in peace, Gilbert Gottfried. Yes. Um, I would like, uh, hopefully you guys can return for a future episode. Keep on listening and see you next time.